0: Claim this discount by going to PhotographyCourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join PhotographyCourse.net and capture more than just a moment. This episode is sponsored by PhotographyCourse.net. Our 365 Days of Photography course is now live. This is an amazing opportunity for you to grow as a photographer. My teammate, Kevin LJ, has produced this course in a step-by-step format, which is very easy to follow. He presents it in bite-sized lessons, each with a practical challenge. You'll learn and practice a new aspect of photography every single day. If you've been wondering how you can improve your photography without having to commit time to long lessons, this is the course for you. We've designed each lesson to be around five minutes long, and you can spend as much time on the challenges as you like. There's also a friendly forum where you can share the photos you take and get constructive feedback from others on the course. Kevin's professional photography experience is extensive. He covers not only photography essentials, but also many genres of photography throughout the course. You will learn far more about photography than simply how to use your camera. For our listeners, we are offering a very special discounted price of $99 instead of the launch price, which is $149. The final price will soon be $365, so make sure to take advantage of this great deal today. Go to greatbigphotographyworld.com 365 to claim your discount. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I talk to fellow 500PX ambassador Julia Wimmerlin who is a Ukrainian photographer based in Switzerland. Julia's portfolio is incredibly diverse. Her website is filled with vibrant photos of people, landscapes, still life, and much more. We talk about common photography issues, how to take great photos of anything, and much more. Please enjoy. Hey Julia, welcome to the podcast. I'm very happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners.
1: Hey, it's very nice to be invited. And uh, so, as you said, my name is Julia Vimalin. I am a, a photographer and I'm originally from Ukraine and uh, I'm currently living in Switzerland.
0: That's very exciting. What camera equipment do you
1: use? Um, until a few months ago, I was using uh, Canon DSLRs and uh, my last uh, DSLR, uh, so 5D Mark 4, it died. So I had to make a choice and now I am in the mirrorless market. So my new baby is um, Canon uh, R5, and so far it's been fantastic. So let's see how it all develops. (laughs) Mm,
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. So what is the main difference between a mirrorless camera and a normal DSLR?
1: Well, there are a few technical differences, obviously. But the one which usually bugged me, it was that the mirrorless was slower. And it's the first one, and I do a lot of animal photography. So for me, the speed is extremely important. And it always had this tiny delay, I think. It's the first camera that I don't see this anymore. And that's actually what persuaded me to get it. Plus, it has this um, amazing autofocus, which the other ones didn't have. You know, that it, it follows the eye. But the DSLR, for me, is much sturdier. It doesn't have a problem when you look. Uh, so I don't like to have live view all the time. And this is one of the main features of the, of, of mirrorless. You always see on your LCD what you're shooting. Mm-hmm. And uh, plus, like if you need to, you know, you have a sensor at the top. So if you just put your head over, so you kind of cover the sensor, it will go numb. So you will not see any image. So this is something I have to get used to. But mm-hmm. usually the problem was the speed.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. But in general, it's been a pretty good upgrade for you, I imagine.
1: I imagine so too. So it died just uh, in time because, uh, you see, is, is the camera was released very recently, so it's still uh, rosin And I do, I understand that this is the future of photography. It will be mirrorless. It, it will not stay this long forever. Yeah,
0: it's interesting how things change and evolve over time and how we have to adapt to that. And it's always interesting to hear stories from different photographers of how they are adapting to these new changes.
1: But, you know, I always wondered how people were changing from film to digital. And I always couldn't understand why would that be difficult because digital is so much easier. At the same time, now I feel myself, you know, like I'm in the same shoes. In a way, mirrorless is easier, but I was so reluctant to change. And it's funny how I am learning now. So I kind of get, you know, myself, um, I see how people were struggling To even accept the positive change. So I'm there as well now. And it's a funny feeling.
0: Oh, yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense because oftentimes we are reluctant Mm -hmm. to change because we're just so used to a certain routine. And then the future, if it's uncertain, it's scary. So it does make sense
1: that you were. It's it's totally a question of habit. And I got used so much to it because it's true. I think I've been using a DSLR for now like 15 years. So it is a difficult change.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Well, I'm sure you'll be able to adapt as you are already beautifully adapting. So there's uh, definitely nothing to worry about there. Yeah, you You're a master at creating harmonious colors in your photographs. What inspires you to start putting emphasis on complementary colors in your work?
1: Uh, good question. You see, um, I do a lot of uh, travel and animal photography, as I just mentioned, and... Um, when you take a travel shot, so you take what's presented at you. So you don't really choose your color palette. It's very different from studio, where you can be very conscious about each and you know element and and color and light. So yes, it can happen that you have very clashy colors. And when you look at the picture, it might be a great moment. You can convert it to black and white to distract color. Oh, sorry, to to eliminate colors. But I love colors. So to me, there were certain Photos where it was just too much; it was distracting me too much. So I learned how to first of all take away the distracting colors, and then I understood that there is the whole science behind that. And so I learned about color theory, and of course it comes with movies. It comes with um, learning about the painters, and then you realize that actually painters they chose each color, each tone for a reason. So you you learn from these to great arts, and I decided that it would be a nice addition to my own.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting, very interesting and beautiful that painters choose every specific color they work with and that we can do the same as photographers in a way. That's cool.
1: Plus, we have so much more liberty now because for them at the time, you know, paints didn't exist. You needed to make them to get colors. That's how each of the great painters known for colors, they became known. Like you have even certain colors, which you, if you say yellow, orange, you will think of Van Gogh, for example, or I mean, there are specific colors which are even called by the name of the painter. So in a way, we don't have to go through this problem of mixing and searching. You just take a slider, go around the color wheel and pick whatever you like.
0: Yes, I think uh, I remember you watch, uh, You had a, an Instagram story takeover for 500px and I Remember, you mentioned that you use uh, Adobe's Color Wheel or something like that?
1: Yeah, Yeah. it's one of the most amazing tools. It's uh, free and it's available for everyone, but I'm surprised how few people know about it. And it's true if you're not sure and if your eye is not trained, all you do, you just go on Adobe um, Color Wheel and you select what harmony you would like to work with. So it can be from simple and complementary color to split complementary to triad. So... If you want three colors to be dominant in your shot, you just move the slider and see which colors go together and you go from there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I didn't know about that tool until I heard you mention it. And I was really surprised. It's so simple and free (laughs) and very useful.
1: Ah, so good. At least you watched and learned something.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You have a unique portrait photography style. You like to experiment with angles, distortion, patterns and much more. I looked through some of your recent photo series and was amazed by how creative you are. How do you come up with ideas for your photo shoots?
1: Well, as you probably would agree, uh, when you look at portraits, very often they are a bit too glamorous, a bit too over over over-retouched, and uh, they kind of are all the same at the end. And even if girls are beautiful and clothes are beautiful, it's so much the déjà vu, you've already seen it, that you really want something else. So I guess for me, portrait photography is not so much about as it being documentary. So yes, I do appreciate realness of many things, but i still more of a, an escapist. But I would call what I do extended reality. So I like it to be as real as it can be, but I love it to have a twist. And sometimes you don't even understand what's wrong, because if you use, for example, um, you know, a flexible mirror, it's real, it's a real uh, reflection, but you can pull a little bit the angle of the mirror and all of a sudden the arm gets a funny shape or a leg becomes three times the length. So it's kind of real, but it's extended reality. So that's where the angles come from. So, for example, uh, when you listen to what photographers teach you, they tell you that the best um, portrait lens will be 50 millimeter or 85 millimeter on a full frame. And at the same time, I love using the fisheye for portraits. So it's uh, it's eight fourteen millimeter, and you know how much distortion you will get. But then you play with it. So again, it is real, but it's slightly twisted. Mm-hmm. So it's a surreal
0: approach to photography. That's really cool. I like that a lot.
1: Yes, but it can't be too surreal because then it becomes too arty. And I do know that um, you need to have a certain group of Uh, like-minded people to even move forward in this direction when it's too arty and then you become a pure artist. I don't really think I'm an artist. I always call myself a photographer because artist is someone who has a very particular style and it's visible through everything. I don't know if I have that. I have a certain aesthetics which I put to all of my shorts but I wouldn't be able to photograph everything and anything if I was a pure artist. Because I think then you really have just one vision, which I don't think I have.
0: Hmm. I've never heard of that perspective. That's a very interesting and unique approach to photography. Interesting. Your travel (laughs) photos are some of the best that I've seen. You've been to so many amazing countries and have photographed them all very beautifully. How do you decide what to photograph when you're traveling? And do you have any tips for photographers who want to take original travel photos?
1: one tip i would definitely have is not to try and repeat the photos you've already seen and that's what i see a lot in fact i also teach photography at swiss photo club in switzerland where not far where i live and i see a lot of people trying to oh i want to get that shot this is really beginner approach which you have to go through so you do try to understand what people have done to get the shot but if you stay there you are not going to develop as a photographer. So the logical path would be you repeat, understand what worked, and then try to do your own. So to answer how do I choose to photograph, I do look at these sightseeing places which are famous and typically, yes, uh, people use uh, from just usual Google search, uh, which I do as well, to Instagram search, to 500 uh, location search. So you see what are the main sightseeing places or what are the main beautiful areas in the place you go. But then you have to decide your own game plan because if you are going to repeat the same photos you've seen, I don't think it's worth it. So you can have a lot of luck. So either with the Very special weather condition, which happened to me, for example, in Australia. I've been uh, in summer in the middle of the desert, and everyone told me that I will die there because it will be 40-45. And just, I don't know, with my luck, it was the first rain, but rain that lasted more than a week. Hmm um like they haven't seen it for like more than 150 years and even the local photographers were applying to see this and this famous Ayers rock the huge uh, red uh, rock was uh having waterfalls on it so again it was nothing to do with what i have achieved i was just purely lucky but this already is a great achievement but i heard people saying oh yeah but you haven't seen it red in the classical so you see my approach was, oh shit, I'm lucky. I am I have seen some things that no one has seen before me for 150 years. So the second thing I of course tried to plan around the timing. So I wouldn't just come in the middle of the day, photograph it from the first angle I saw, and just like you have to be really patient and you have to believe. In something magical to happen so you, you you don't stop at the first good shot you sit and wait till there is nothing to photograph usually during those moments of waiting something particular happens and I get a shot which is beautiful plus something so it would be I don't know I have this very classical shot of their hot air balloons or flying over the temples in Begin in Myanmar and it's Common, it's a very common shot. Many people go there, they're all the same. It just happened that they formed the perfect arch and it was a split second because then of course they move and the arch has, you know, been deformed. But just that moment on with the sun and everything, this was one of the pictures which has been always picked up by their like um, when they need whatever uh, internet site needs to use uh, or oh, to show, sorry. Um, this place, they would use this picture over others because it had something extra. So I do believe in this magic that gives you this something extra that makes your shirt different. It works with anything. With animals, the same. Yes, it's easy to get a nice portrait of an animal, but if you wait and maybe there will be a slight move, slight interaction with someone, you will get this extra emotion that will make a good portrait. It will make some very special photo today. So, patience and believe in magic.
0: Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton.
1: Hi, my name is Rob. I specialise in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of PhotographyCourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back.
0: If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Our 365 Days of Photography course is the ultimate learning experience for new photographers and even those with some experience. This course, presented in bite-sized lessons, teaches you step-by-step the essentials of photography and beyond. Get your discount code by visiting greatbigphotographyworld.com slash 365. Oh, I really like that answer because it really emphasizes the importance of embracing your own unique perspective as a photographer and not just following the crowd, as you said. That's really important. And I think it'll help me personally as well when I go out and take travel <laughs> photos. Thank you for that. <laughs> for me, when I photograph my cat, even my cat, she's so cute. Yeah, yeah. I when love I When I take photos of her, um, sometimes the first few shots are decent. And I'm like, okay, well, I could post this. But then I'm always tempted to go beyond that and play with her. And Yeah, you have to try different angles and perspectives. And you really have to be persistent and patient to get a shot that really represents you as a photographer. That's a good answer. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that.
1: I think you, but what you need to do, try next time, try to find some uh, like little hair extensions and put on your head because... First of all, you two look so amazingly beautiful, but I think your cat will start looking like you because I absolutely love your hair. Uh, Thank you. Cat hair extensions. (laughs) No, because I have a Sphinx cat and a few times I already have done that because, you know, since they're completely bald, you can put some um, hair extensions and play with it. It is hilarious.
0: That's a good idea. I'm going to find a little wig for her. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) thank you for the idea so we talked about this a little bit previously but some people specialize in a specific kind of photography but you go beyond that you seem to be good at photographing everything including wild animals in exotic places landscapes people yourself and more what advice would you give to someone who wants to take unforgettable photos of everything
1: i do believe that to get something unforgettable it needs to be first unforgettable for you so it has to come from your interests. And probably the reason why I cannot narrow down and I photograph everything and eventually become good at it is because I am interested in photography in general. I don't have a specific genre I like. I like anything. I am eager to try everything. And trying gives you ideas, so you just push it further and further. And um, I guess it's, you have to love photography in general. But then imagine if you only like cats, which is possible. So then just taking photos of the same cat in the same position or having cute photos, I wouldn't find it enough because you really want to push it further to make it interesting. Because imagine how many people pose pictures of their cats daily. So it has to be something special. So try to make your cat do something different. I do believe that everyone reacts to something they haven't seen yet. So. Something like literally different, which is not common for this um, animal or for that place. Like I would the example with the weather I gave you, or something which has emotions. So I think these two, whatever you photograph, will always work. Even if you photograph, you know, uh, still photography, and if you have, a, I don't know, a vase with flowers, if you infuse emotions into that by using colors and moody light, I can tell you it will be different. So, in a way, you have to like what you photograph and you have to love photography as art form. Then, whatever you photograph, you will apply the same love and you will always become better.
0: Yeah. As the quote says, whatever is done in love is done well. I think Vincent van Gogh said that. I'm not sure. Pablo Picasso.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. It's a a beautiful uh, saying and a beautiful answer as well. If you approach anything with love, you're going to do it beautifully and it's going to show in your work and it's going to be authentic and people will be. Naturally drawn to it, I believe,
1: but you know I do believe also that uh, when you look at photos of ever photos you look at, you don't necessarily even see their what's uh, pictured there. you see the person behind first because you start understanding what kind of person it is, is it a very social person or is it a person who prefers to be by himself? Is it a person who loves nature or animals or people? What does this person think about certain events? Because by the way, you frame, you present, you work with post-production, you understand the taste, the education, everything about this person. So in a way, you show yourself. So when you really show yourself, people appreciate. When you try to just imitate what others have done, that's why it doesn't get too exciting because there is not much real person behind
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so the key is authenticity
1: i believe so yeah
0: yeah interesting you mentioned earlier that you teach at a photo club in switzerland i'm curious to know most of your students is there a pattern as to the problems that they experience like what is the most common issue that photographers experience
1: um in a way i teach so what's most popular is really the beginners, beginners, those who don't even know how to use their cameras. So you have two types, either those who know what they want and they just don't know how to get there. So it's a problem of lack of technical knowledge, which is easy to resolve because you literally explain how camera works. And then there are others who know everything about the camera gears. They probably even know about their, their, like how to use their cameras. And they just think that by learning more, technical parts that will become better and that's a more difficult group to teach because they are sure they know they try to put a lot of technical jargon in the conversations and they say yeah but anyway i know that so you can just add this and you will get a perfect picture and Mm -hmm. that's where i have to explain well there is no such thing as perfect picture yes technically perfect of course you can get but how interesting is that so these are usually people who need to be explained that pretty much what I said, the more genuine you become, the more of your own vision you will show, the more interesting your photo will be. And if the person doesn't feel so, it's not much I can do. Because then they will just find another new hot gear or another new you know application or um, software. So these will always stay on a very technical level
0: Mm, yeah technicality is important of course as you said but you have to also have your photography has to have a soul essentially it has to tell a story it has to mean something to you personally for it to really shine
1: true but many people look at photography is such a broad subject there are people who only use it to relax themselves and i find this is amazing because it's true it can be very competitive but it can be so soothing it is a literally are uh, uh, photography therapy um, even groups where people just go to photograph whatever they want. It's not a question of making something even perfect as long as they like the process because the process by itself is very interesting. You capture something which frankly only exists one fraction of a second and how do you make something longer lasting out of it? So I do believe photography is such a broad subject and such a broad um, uh, field where you can be technically good creatively good you can be both uh, you can compete and get uh, really high in the ranks and be like award-winning or you can just do it for yourself and it's all okay and that's what's the beauty of photography is Exactly.
0: Yeah, I love that answer and it's important to emphasize that because maybe some photographers feel like they have to be a certain way to be considered photographers and that's definitely not
1: true. Absolutely. And it's one of the things actually when you um I am a self-taught photographer so I haven't really studied in a school. I did a few courses but like basically like pretty much the ones I teach now. And um then you figure everything out by yourself and one of the problems I always had I'm like ah! especially as I started working as a photographer, so I I, I do commercial assignments and quite big ones lately, but you always are worried that um, professional photographers don't do this or they don't do that, and that you should forget. Nowadays, it doesn't exist. And to be honest, even more, sometimes what works for you the best, you set the rules. So as long as you can get the shot you want, that's okay. So... You should forget about rules overall, but you need to know them just to understand how it all works, but you don't have to follow them necessarily.
0: Mm, Yeah, that's a good point. I'm also self-taught and I also have moments when I feel, you know, imposter syndrome when you're... Yeah. A very common one. <laughs> yeah, it's like I didn't have a professional photography education, but I'm very confident in what I do intuitively as a photographer. So am I worse than these professionals or, or are we on the same level? So that's a that's a good tip to keep in mind. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> Speaking of self-taught, what is something that every self-taught photographer should know?
1: Well, actually, what we just discussed is fighting personal insecurities. <laughs> and imposter syndrome is something very, very common. And uh, in case I, I, I assume you know, but maybe some of your, um, those who listen to your podcasts, they don't. It's when you feel like you shouldn't be here, someone just confused you with a professional, and in fact, you know nothing. And it might happen in your head, but it's something you have to absolutely fight. So, yes, it can bring your confidence down, but it's also a big friend of yours because when you try to push through it you learn so much more than those who say they know everything already and actually that's one of my biggest fear to think i know everything already hopefully it will never happen but um when you try to fight your insecurities you push harder you think that maybe an external recognition helps so you try to apply to photo competitions if you push hard enough you will win one or you will get noticed and that's how you build your confidence so all these insecurities they have and being self-taught yes you probably don't have a bus laid in front of you where you know all the proper ways to do things but from what I've learned because I was really interested in it I saw how photographers are taught at schools and in fact, they don't have uh, ready-to-go solutions to everything. They are taught to see and they are taught to create projects. And that is true. You would rather learn it to develop yourself further, especially the ability to see. When SEC see, is to see light, to see the composition, to see and analyze how to then apply it in your work if it's not presented naturally. But that you can learn by yourself. You don't need a school for that. But at the same time, you have all the doors open, you can do everything. You are not restricted by the rules that this you can do, this you can't. And that's typically what they teach you in a classical um, photography school. So you have all the benefits and of course you have disadvantages, but you have a way to fight through these disadvantages by just working harder.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that's a wonderful answer i like how inclusive it is of everybody so if you have advantages if you have these opportunities that's amazing but if you don't that's also okay and you can fight through them as you said and and reach a new new level as a photographer
1: but look how many photographers these days have never learned photography and they are extremely successful Uh, they are shooting all the big stars so it's really more about about how confident you are so yes you do need to work on your confidence and You need to stand by your ideas. So you have to say, I will do it this way because I feel it. Because, of course, if you feel it. And uh, even if you're being bent towards some other way, if you feel strongly against it, don't do it. Mm -hmm. It will disturb you much more than saying, okay, of course, I can do everything. Doing something which you're not comfortable with, it will not look good because you just don't feel it. And that's unfortunately, it's like a lie detector. Photography, that's what it is. If you don't like what you shoot, it will not work. Mm-hmm. Or if you don't like the way you shoot it, it will not work. Usually you see a lot uh, in, in, in commercial photography where people were kind of reaching a compromise with a client and at the end it doesn't look good for anyone. So always stand by what you think and be confident and you will always win. Because you have something in you. You already started photography for a reason. So it just uh, stick to what you believe
0: yeah stay true to yourself that's super important yeah mm-hmm. okay julia my last question for you is what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world
1: well kind of comes to what i just said before i think the biggest thing to achieve is to never stop learning because i don't want to have i mean to me i think it would be a death as a photographer if i one day i will have an impression i know it all i can do it all all i need is just i'm in my comfort zone so I don't want to ever be in my comfort zone. It's very uncomfortable, but I guess that's a definition of it.
0: Exactly. It is uncomfortable because you're learning something new and you're putting yourself out there. You don't know if the results are going to be good, but you're always learning. So, Absolutely. Yeah. It's like being a lifelong learner in life. You always have to be open to new opportunities and be willing to learn new things because that's how you'll grow as a person and that applies to photography too.
1: Correct. But it's also what makes life exciting. Imagine if every day is the same. Imagine the groundhog day till the end of your life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Boring. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Julia, it was so much fun talking to you. Thank you for the wonderful tips and uh, stories. I really appreciate you as a photographer and I can't wait to see everything else you achieve in the future.
1: Well, same goes from me towards your photography. I love it very much. So I'm really looking forward to seeing more and to listening to more of your guests on your podcast. And thank you very much for inviting me.
0: Thank you too. Okay, bye. Bye. I've been following Julie's work for quite some time now. So I was thrilled to finally interview her for this podcast. I'm truly in awe of her skills and her ability to make anything look thoughtful and beautiful. I hope her unique perspective on photography inspired you to think outside the box. See you next week. There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to PhotographyCourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.